you can be a part. All right. Hey, everybody. It's me, Apostle Michelle. We are in here like swimwear. We are in here tonight just to give you guys just a few little tips, uh, some just some stuff that's going to help you, especially if you are a newlywed. I know you feel like I got this thing on lock. I already know I've been, a, I've been married before, but listen, there are different things that we're going to have to deal with. And so until we start talking about them and start dealing with the issues, we're going to find that they start dealing with us. And that's not what we want out here in these relationship streets. All right. So we're going to ask that you come on in, invite someone, share the broadcast, and let them know that I am in here. Apostle G, I don't know where he is right this moment, but he might come. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but he's okay though, all right? So uh, three things that we have to deal with as far as if you are a newlywed, what it is that you're going to experience, all right? I'm going to give you the numbers one, two, and three. You're going to tell me if it's true, if you think it's true, or if you think it's false. And if you think it's false or true, no answers are wrong, okay? Because sometimes we have some very good explanations for why we think something is a certain way. And so tonight, uh, we're going to go through these just quickly, and I pray that it helps to enlighten you for your journey as a newlywed. But before I do, I do want to remind everyone about this amazing book that Apostle G wrote. It's called 26 Ways to Become a Trophy Husband. You can find this on Amazon. You can go to bit.ly forward slash trophy man. This is an amazing read. It's for you, whether you're a man or a woman. I told the ladies before that I think this would be a great book that I know it would be a great book for them to sit down with so that they can tell what is it that I'm actually out here looking for when it comes to a husband, uh, someone that is husband material. All right. Um, sometimes we just really don't know. But this book, what it does, it goes in and it tells every man um, how to stand out in the heart and mind of a woman one that they want, one that they are courting, one that they want to spend their life with. And so this book, How to Become a Trophy Husband, I asked Apostle G a long time ago, I said, you need to be uh, teaching husband classes. And you know what? He never did sit down and do the husband class, but he did pull out this book and it's absolutely amazing. I want to read just a little bit of it to you just quickly um, before we move into content for tonight. So what he does is the 26 ways, there's one per each alphabet. And I'm going to read for the letter R tonight. It's romance her. And he says, on the whole, women delight in the courtesies extended by the man who loves and adores them. They love the excitement and mystery associated with love. Therefore, we men have trouble keeping up. We stop being mysterious and exciting and we stop being romantic. Although what constitutes romance differs with each person, most women in general like having the door open for them and appreciate their partner pulling out their chair or helping them with their coat. Romance is merely loving gestures extended to a lover. Examples include embracing, kissing, holding hands, whispering sweet nothings, low light, soft music, champagne toast, being close to each other, surprises speaking to each other's hearts, reassuring each other of your love. 
each couple must decide what is appropriate for them in romance. So how are we going to strengthen our relationships? We have to add the element of romance, especially those of you gentlemen that are out here, okay? So 26 ways to become a trophy husband. It'll bless you. You can find it at bit.ly forward slash I want to say Tribe Judah Ministries, bit.ly forward slash trophy man, all small letters. It's going to help you tonight. Okay. So get that. Apostle G will be happy to get your copy to you. Just let us know if you want it um, autographed. You just have to let us know so we can do it a different way. Okay. So. <clears throat> Thank you for those of you that are in here with us tonight. Y'all, excuse me, my voice is still doing, you know, that sinusy thing is still doing its thing. So um, here's the question. Number one myth, right, is that fighting and arguing mean that your relationship won't last. Is that true or is that false? Put, put, a, put, a, put it in the chat. Put a T or F in the chat and let us know. If you think fighting and arguing mean that the relationship will not last, where are you with this? Do you think that people have to fight or if they do fight that somehow that means that it's not going to sustain the relationship? I don't know. We're going to go. I'm going to give you all a few more seconds. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 boom. Hey, how y'all like my shirt, by the way? Isn't this amazing, T? This says she is fearless. And this is something that our spiritual daughter, Amber Dawn, gave me. Um, back, I think maybe as a Chris, I can't even remember, but I found it in my drawer. And I said, I am wearing this today. So thank you so much. I love it. It's so bright and cozy. All right. So does it mean that your relationship won't last if you argue? I need you to know, understand that absolutely not. That has nothing to do. Fighting and arguing has nothing to do with the longevity of a relationship. There is a couple that I performed their wedding, I think 15 or 16 years ago, and they argued and fussed all the time. And I really thought if you all don't get this together, y'all are not going to be able to stay together very long. But you know what? They are still going strong today. They still fuss and argue with each other. But for some couples, it seems as though they use that as their play. And for the outside person, you're thinking, oh my God, these two are going to kill each other. And absolutely not. They don't. We do have to learn how to speak clearly. We do have to tell our spouse, our partner, what it is that we like and don't like. We need to learn how to say it in such a way that it doesn't push them off, but brings them to us, right? Because anything that you honor is going to get closer. Anything that you dishonor is going to be pushed away. Now, they always did it to where um, they never, uh, uh, how do I say this? They never talked about each other outside of who they really were. What do I mean by that? They never said you this or you so-and-so. They never called each other outside of their name. They never hit below the belt. And so for them, it worked. Now, I don't, you know, I, I, we don't argue over here in holiness, right? <laughs> and if 
And if you know anything about holiness in the church, you already know that that's a false statement. But I need you to know that we can have arguments, we can have fights, and still at the end, as long as we come back together and fix the problems, as long as we deal with the issues, then absolutely you will be able to have a long-lasting marriage relationship. All right? So here is number two. We're talking to our newlyweds still. Three myths that newlyweds need to learn, know, and understand, okay? So number one was fighting and arguing mean that that the relationship won't last. And then here is number two. Second myth is that I shouldn't have to tell my spouse how to love me. Oh my goodness. Y'all, let me tell you something. We all think that everyone thinks like we do. And that's where we get into a lot of trouble because everyone does not have the same thought patterns. Everyone did not grow up in the same way. We all come from different cultures. And even if it's not, you know, um, like American and Caribbean, you're talking about different cultures, even within the United States. If you live on the East Coast versus living on the West Coast, that's a totally different culture. And so when you come together, you are going to have to learn to articulate for yourself, how I need this person to love me, right? Because this is what we do. We have a bad habit of treating people the way we want to be treated, which is good because it's a part of the golden rule. However, when we're talking about love, now I know some of you may have heard of the book, um, The Five Love Languages. And when you're talking about those, sometimes people will love you the way that they receive love. Okay, And that's going to become an issue if the person that you're trying to love isn't receiving the love that you have for them because you are loving them the way you want as opposed to what they need. Okay, When you are loving them according to what you want as opposed to what they need, this is where we get into trouble. All right. For example, one of the uh, love languages is, is receiving gifts. Now, if I am receiving, uh, I love to receive gifts and I just keep buying stuff for my person. Oh, I see. This, this is beautiful. I love this. Let me get you. And you're coming home with all of this stuff. Hey, Danielle, you're coming home with all of this stuff and you're handing it to them and you keep giving them and keep giving them and keep giving them. And they're sitting there with this stuff thinking, what am I supposed to do with all of this? Now, they're trying not to hurt your feelings by saying, I don't want none of this mess. This is a bunch of junk, right? They don't want to hurt your feelings. So they just keep receiving this stuff. But as they're receiving it, they are now becoming even more frustrated because I don't know what I want to, what I'm going to do with all this stuff. Now, why don't you do something like, you know, I am a, let's see, if I'm a words of affirmation person, then what I need from the person that loves me is for them to affirm me. I need for them to use words and say, you did an amazing job. This was incredible. No one else has done it this way before. And you should be applauded for that. Okay. If you're a person that is a, um, I like to physical touch. All right. Now she said, oh yes. Now let me tell you something. It's hard sometimes when you have a physical touch love language and the other person, they may have come from a culture where they didn't hug at home, that parents weren't affectionate with each other or with the children. It is what it is. We have to break out some of the stuff that we've had to go through and deal with and learn how to love other people. And so I may have to force myself. I may have to set a timer on my phone that says every hour, 
when they are at home. I need to go and give them a hug. I need to go touch their face. I need to go play with their hair. I need to do something for them to realize that, yes, I do love them. And I am stretching myself so that I can love them in the way that they need to be loved as opposed to the way that I receive love. Okay. She said, don't touch me. You maybe get hurt. <laughs> why are you going to be hurt? But see, that's why we have to know one another. We have to realize that our love languages, they may be different, but we can accommodate one another because we are both in this relationship to have both of our needs met. All right. So that was number two of the three things that newlyweds need to realize they could be. They are myths that they have to be dis. After these messages, we'll be right back. Spelled, all right? So here is number three. Give me a true or a false. Our sexual appetites will always match. Is that a true statement or is that a false statement? Our sexual appetites will always match. While you all are putting that in the chat, let me remind you guys of we have for you over at marriagemakesthenumber3.com. You can go and pick up uh, your very own copy of Sex Connect. It's called the Intimacy Booster, formerly known as Yes, No, Maybe So. And that is something that is going to help you not only with your your sexual relationship, but also is going to open up the line lines of communication between the two of you. Why? Because when you sit down and you ask yourself these questions and then you go back in and you feel, you re you realize that, hey, I didn't know that this was something that you thought was going to be cool. And then you find out that the other person may want to do some of the same things. So now you get to talk. Now you get to dialogue. Hey, Kimmy, thank you for joining us tonight. Right now you get to dialogue about it because there might be some things that may have happened even in your past that makes you to where you don't like to do certain things. Right. And so now that I know, now that we've discussed it, now that we talked about it, I may feel a little bit better knowing that you have it confided in me. And sometimes the only thing we need is to begin to confront some things and all everything else will just kind of open up. And now you feel safe. Now you're transparent with one another. And that brings you to a whole nother level of intimacy. So don't forget to go on over to marriagemakesthenumber3.com and pick up your own copy of Sex Connect. It's a free download. You can go ahead and get it. Thank you for joining. All right. I see a false, 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 false. Okay. And you're absolutely correct. Our sexual appetites are never going to just match perfectly. If two people match perfectly with everything, then one of them is unnecessary. That's how I feel about it. If we agree on everything, and one of us is unnecessary. Why are we together if we can just be one person, right? Now, when the Bible says that the two shall become one, we are molding together. We're melding together. We are learning each other's likes or dislikes. We are figuring out how we're going to live together in the same home, how we're going to raise children. What do we think about politics? Where are we when it comes to religion? So there's all of these different places that we have an opportunity, right, not to match. 
but it stretches us when we're not matched. It stretches us because now I have to go a little further than I normally would. Why? Because I am wanting to do things that's going to please and help and support and encourage my spouse, right? And that's what we all should be trying to do is come together in the place where we can say, I am doing things that I have never done before. Why? Only because I'm committed to loving you. And in my loving you, I'm going to push past what I feel. I'm going to push past what I think. I'm going to push past what I what I want to do in this particular scenario because we are trying to get ourselves together. So your sexual appetites will not always match. Sometimes you're going to have to get your life together and say, you know what? We're just going to, I'm just going to have to suck it up. I've told some couples before, uh, when we are in counsel with them individually is like, you know, sometimes you have to take one for the team. Yes. <laughs> and some of them didn't like it. But you know what? It is what it is. We take one for the team. If I'm sick and my husband is well, well, he's going to take care of me. He has to take one for the team. We may have forgotten something. We may have lost something because we didn't get to do what needed to get done. But you know what? When the two of us are working together, sometimes one of us is not going to get everything that we need when we need it. And so this is why you have to go beyond. You have to go further. You have to do more. Why? She said, unfortunately true. Yes, you do it because at some point in the game, you're going to realize that I'm going to receive the, what they call the recomp the Bible calls the recompense of reward. If I do what I need to do now, then you're putting deposits into that account. You're putting deposits into the bank. You're putting deposits into the relationship. And so later on, when those times come, that other person can now think, you know, I really didn't feel like it that other night. And um, I did it anyway. And so now, well, since he was so gracious to me since he did what I needed him to do. Amen. Now I don't feel some no kind of way because I realized we're in this thing together. Hey, Deidre, thank you for joining us tonight. So we're talking tonight about the three newlywed myths. I know last night we talked about the five things that every newlywed is going to deal with after they come together in for the wedding. Where is he at? He's here somewhere. We're still trying to get over whatever this thing has been trying to attack our sinuses. And so he's resting. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kimmy says that when deposits grow, so does the withdrawal. Yes, ma'am. Because now when you go in, you realize that you're not having what we call in the banking system, NSF. Y'all know what that is, right? Non-sufficient funds. When you stop putting deposits into your mate's love bank, what happens is, is they become depleted. And so now they don't even want to do half of the stuff that they probably ought to be doing, right? And so when we continually put deposits in each other's love tank, then we can be full, right? And now it doesn't take a whole lot for me to say, I'm going to give myself to you, whether it's sexually, mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, I am able to do that. Why? Because I've got this thing on lock. I am out here doing the work. We're working together. We're doing it. I take one for the team this month. Next month, you take one for the team, right? And let me tell you something, uh, especially when it comes to the sexual intimacy piece, 
you like each other a lot better. Maybe we'll talk about that soon. Uh, the benefits of having sexual intercourse inside of the marriage. Maybe we all talk about that really soon because one of those benefits is that you begin to like each other better. You may not even remember because let me tell you something, dopamine and oxytocin, it all works. Even when you have been in the relationship for a long time, it still has the same effects. And so when we begin to stir up, um, what do we call it? Reigniting the fire, the reigniting the flame of intimacy, of relationship, then you will see that some of those things that you used to do, that if you begin to do those things over again, that you will find. No one, Yeshua said it like this in the scripture. He said to the church that you have lost your first love. And then he says to go back and do those works again right? And that's the same principle that we use in counsel. We may have lost the first love. We may have lost some affection. We may have lost some, you know, the tingle, the zing, the shubap, badubap, badudap, bye. For that person, the thrill might be gone, but guess what? You can get the thrill back. We just have to do the work in order for it to work, right? So uh, when deposits grow, absolutely, then so does the withdrawals. Danielle said that is so true. Absolutely. All right. So y'all, we talked tonight about the three myths, the newlywed myths. How do we get past them? We do what we have to do, and then we can find that we can be successful in our relationship. It's not doomed if you're a fighter and an arguer. No, it's not. It's not doomed if you uh, don't tell if you tell don't tell your mate what you want because you always have an opportunity to say, you know, when you did this, and and this is uh, one thing that we ought to remember. Don't just wait and then tell them off. Like you get on my nerves. I'm talking about turn around. Blah, 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 blah. No, what you do is when they are doing those things that you love, those things that really touch your heart, you express those things. Oh, honey, when you brought me those flowers, oh my goodness, my heart just leaped because I knew that you were thinking about me, that you had to spend money. Flowers ain't cheap, y'all. Did I tell y'all flowers ain't cheap? <laughs> When you're paying 75 to 100 and some dollars for some flowers and then to get them into the hands of the person that you love, baby, let me tell you something. They have to know that you are doing something that is going towards their heart. Amen. Hey, dad, love you, man of God. Thank you, sir. Marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. And it doesn't matter how long or how short of a time period that you have been married. You are going to have to put these things into play. It's always going to work, but you have to do the work. All right. So listen, everybody, appreciate you guys so very much. I am going to get on up, get on down from in here. I didn't want to keep you guys long. I know everybody has Bible class and Bible study and Bible school and all that on Wednesday nights usually. And so we just wanted to come in just quickly. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for inviting someone. And thank you for being a part of marriage and family where we are here to help you to get your relationships on and pop it.
All right. We are here for you before I do, after I do, and everywhere in between. You might be one of those that need an encounter session, a, a relationship encounter. And that's something that we do. We sow that into your life 100% for free. And you can get it done at bit.ly forward slash MM, the number three, L-I-N-K-S, where we'll sit with you just like we are here, but it's only the two of us or the four of us, right? And we'll go through and see what it is that we can help you with. And then after that, you may be one of those that say, you know, we really need to come in through a course of counseling and we'll be happy to do that for you. We found out the other day that some people are out here charging um, quite a bit of money because of their celebrity. And we are not here trying to kill anyone. We let them know. She said, I can sign up for three with you all for one for that person. Like, well, you know, and just as an, and I get results here. And so it is what it is. We're doing just what we can to help you. That is the mandate of the Lord for us. We have a passion for relationships and we want to see your relationship work. All right. So I'm out of here. Thank you so much for being a part of Marriage Makes Three and Marriage and Family. Uh, we are here for you before and after I do and everywhere in between. Y'all pray for us and we'll pray for you. And remember what we always say here is that God loves you. Mm -hmm. You too. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. And we love you. Okay. It is what it is. You can't do nothing about it. So you might as well not even try. We love you. It ain't a thing you can do about it up in here. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. We love you. Don't forget to go and get your book, 26 Ways to Become a Trophy Husband, bit.ly forward slash trophy man. I promise you, you're going to love this book. All right. Y'all have a great night and we'll see you tomorrow. The Lord bless.